Sharice, and you're listening to the Active Duty to Active Mommy podcast. suitable for children. I want to start off by introducing myself and giving you a little background about me. I'm originally from Sacramento, California, and that's where I grew up. That's where I was born, and I went to high school there. And I grew up mostly in a household with my stepdad, my mom, my sister, and my three younger brothers. I went to high school and played basketball in high school. And after high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So while still in high school, I was trying to figure that out. And my computer teacher told me that he'd rather me come back in 10 years than with a degree or some accomplishments and not with three babies and nothing else to show for it. At that time, he had been telling me about the Air Force and I was extremely worried about going to the Air Force. I didn't know what it was going to entail. So I said, well, hey, I don't really have any real plans to go to college. My grade point average is only average, you know? So I didn't want to try to apply to colleges because I was afraid of that rejection. I didn't know it then, but that's what I was afraid of. So I joined the military. And... I joined the Air Force. My dad, he had told me about the Air Force before my computer teacher, and I was like, nah, no way. And then my computer teacher told me, and I was like, that sounds like a good idea. You know, the typical teenager. They don't hear their parents, but they hear everybody else. And so I signed up for the military. I went into it and what we call basic military training. That's where I went. That's what we called it at the time. And I believe they might refer to it now as like boot camp or something like that. But I went there. I actually went through it pretty well. I was used to be yelled at at home and I got up early every day regardless of the weekend, weekday, I still got up early. So getting up early was no problem for me. After basic military training, AKA boot camp, I we had to go to a school, like a technical school to teach you about your job. So that's one of the things I was like, hey, I joined the military, I get a job, I get paid. You know, I wasn't really worried about school or anything like that. I was just like, hey, I get paid. 
I don't have to really look for a job. I just do this. So I went in, went to tech school, and started learning about my job. And toward the end of tech school, they say, here's your assignment for the base that you're going to go to. Mind you, we, we get to, like, list which bases we want to go to. And I listed everything on the West Coast. Everything touching as close as it could to Sacramento. That's the ones that I picked. All 10 slots or something. It's like 8 to 10 slots. And when the when the results came back for where we were going, it was nowhere near California. Like, at all. My first base that I was going to, my first duty station was um, South Korea. Now, let me tell you, when I saw this, I was like, what's South Korea? Where is that? What does that even, where are people there? Like from America? Are we there? Oh my gosh, I was panicked. I had never been outside of California other than driving to like through kind of a piece of Nevada to get up further north in California. And that's the closest I had ever been to outside of the state of California. So I was terrified, to say the least. And so I, they told me like, oh, don't worry. Usually when you go to Korea, you can pick whatever base you want after you um, do your year there. Year? Okay. So I wrote down two bases. I didn't even write down anymore. I just wrote down Travis Air Force Base and Beale Air Force Base. Those were the closest, and I didn't care to go anywhere else. I didn't want to give them any ideas that they could send me to any other place. So we did those two places. While in Korea, I had a blast. I loved it. I probably didn't make the best decisions, but I loved it. And um, while there, I there was something that was life-changing that happened. I was sexually assaulted and I got pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant right when it ha after it happened I felt weird and all those things and I asked my roommate um, if she could go and buy me a pregnancy test and she did and when I took the test I was in shock and upset and frustrated and sad and mad. I, I wasn't ready. I was in Korea. Like, what am I going to do? Like, 
it was just not that was not how I pictured my life I knew that at that time I'm like I don't I don't want this baby I just I can't do it and I was very angry and I remember just feeling like okay I'm not telling anybody about this I'm just gonna I had like March I found I was pregnant in March so April May June-ish I think I left Korea like two or three months later so I didn't have much time there anyway and I was heading back to California to Travis Air Force Base I was uber excited and so when I got to Travis my only thought before I went to Travis was I need to get an abortion as soon as I can I want to get an abortion I don't want to deal with this I can't deal with this so when I got to Travis Air Force Base I didn't tell anybody and I went to the clinic and I was about four months I think something around there and the doctor when I was going in for an evaluation she said to me um, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your body but I really want you to take time to think about this and I said okay and I went about my way and as I was I remember speaking to my cousin and I was trying to explain to her that I didn't have my life together I couldn't do this I couldn't raise this child I couldn't have one that just seemed like a whole scary thing in the first place so the words she said to me was have the baby and give it to someone in our family that can't have kids and I was like I guess I'll think about that and I did get off the phone and I did think about that and I thought my goodness how am I gonna go to any functions and look this baby in the face and be like yeah I'm your cousin your auntie your you know how I said no I don't think I can do that and all of a sudden it hit me what my mom went through for me and she could have at any moment in time aborted me the doctor told her she was so sick with me that um, he suggested like hey you are the baby 
like some you're gonna something's gotta give and my mom said no I'm not I'm not getting rid of my baby I'm just gonna push through she couldn't keep anything down she was so sick all the time and eventually she um, was able to keep things down and get through the pregnancy and I was born healthy so that story that my mom had told me really resonated with me at that time and I said what if my mom would have gone through that what if she would have done that who who would have not been impacted by me impacted by my words impacted by my smile impacted by just my joy that I brought that's when I decided I'm going to keep her well it I didn't know it was her (laughs) but I said I'm going to keep it and I started to embrace having a baby found out it was a girl and I felt like my life was different changing I had to do all these things to get ready for her and she changed my life I had her I was still in the military I had the option to leave but I'm like how am I going to take care of this baby I barely took care of myself to get into the military so I'm going to stay in and so I did I did about 7 years 11 months in the military at one point I deployed I deployed when she was a year and a half. I deployed on my first deployment. And when I tell you, I was the most nervous I have ever been in my entire life at that point. Having a baby was not even nearly (laughs) as bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go here. And do what? So I went on my first deployment and I was just terrified. I left my child with my mom. I went through four to five months of being there. Maybe it was more, but, um, I went through that and I'm and I got back right before she was going to turn 2. And mind you while I was gone, I called her. I spoke to her like all the time, all the time that I could. And this was before Skype was a thing across nations, you know. And so when I got back, she cried. She cried nonstop. 
it was heart-wrenching. I could not console my own daughter. And all she did was cry out for her grandma. And that broke my heart even more. Fast forward a few years. And I'm on another deployment. And I, I remember the person my daughter was staying with, I called her. And I'm like, hey, um, so how is she doing? And the person replied back, yeah, she's doing great. And can you tell me what um, her favorite food is so I can get her that? I paused. I had no clue. I had no clue what her favorite food was. What's her favorite food? I said... I don't, I don't know. I don't even think I said, I don't know out loud. I think I more so like covered it up like with, oh, she likes a lot of things. But deep down, I'm like, I have no clue what she likes. What's her favorite food? And so the person said, well, I'll try macaroni and cheese, you know? And I said, oh yeah, she does like that. That will probably be, that'll work. Before I went on this deployment, I was contemplating leaving the Air Force. Something in my heart was telling me that I I couldn't sustain being in the Air Force and providing motherly love to my daughter. I looked at the relationship between my mom and I wanted much better and much more for her. So I put a lot of thought into it before I went on the deployment, made it a point to save money. And upon my return, I decided to leave the Air Force and dedicate my time to being her mom, being there for her. I had no plan, no backup when I got out. I just knew I needed to, to be there for her. When I got out, I I was happy. I didn't have a schedule to go along with. I joined the Air Force Reserves because I didn't want to quite let go. I loved the community and family that the military brought for me. And so I was in the Air Force Reserves and I was there for her throughout the week. I walked her to school. I walked her home. I went to PTA meetings and other random things <laughs> all while looking for what I wanted to do in school and looking for a job. I was doing all the things, all the motherly things in my mind. I was doing all the motherly things. I was fixing her breakfast. I was getting her ready for school. I walked her there 
I did all those things and certain points I felt like I wasn't enough or being enough for her and I'm like I really want to build a relationship with her she was terrified of me I walked around while in the military I had a hard time trying to reconnect after deployments and when it was time to go get get ready for school and stuff I didn't have time for the let's do this let's do that it's like no I have to do this this I have to go to work let's go let's go so everything was very I was very militant so when it came to me being out of the military she didn't know I didn't know how to really be you know when it came time to want to communicate with her and say hey what do you like to do or what do you want to do she was so scared that she didn't talk to me she didn't really tell me anything she didn't tell me when she was hungry she didn't tell me when she had to go to the bathroom she was so terrified that everything that she said would be a problem to me and I was like man I gotta figure out how to change this how do I do this a month after I had gotten out of the military I was pregnant with my son it, he was semi-planned <laughs> I'm like okay you know I'm gonna have a new baby I gotta make sure that I'm doing all the things that I didn't do before and I make sure that I'm there going to every single appointment because I didn't go to every single appointment with, with Lamaya I didn't go to appointments until I was five months pregnant so with my son I'm like I'm gonna make sure I go to all these appointments I gotta make sure I do all of this and in doing all of that my son was born and I still was trying to figure out with my daughter she started lying before my son was born she was lying and and her lying continued so she came home with a flyer um, for a church program of some sort so I told her since you want to lie I'm gonna put you in church so you're gonna go to this church thing and you know make sure you get right so it was like a summer camp and she went to that there was a point in time where she went to go stay the night at a friend's house and the friend's mom called me and said hey I just want to let you know that she had a bad dream and she said that in her dream she said that you loved her brother more than her. I said, oh, and what did you say to her? And I don't quite remember what the lady told me, but it was something like, oh, that's not true. You know, your mom, she loves you and your brother. And so 
when she got home, I'm like, how dare you tell this lady that? Do you really believe that I love him more than you? And I almost like, I really chastised her for expressing herself in that manner. Dream or not, you know? So later, she was about seven by now. And she, I got a, oh, I was looking for a job and I had gotten a, um, an interview. So I went to this interview and I was so excited that I had gotten the interview and I did really well too. So on my way back from the interview, I noticed I had a voicemail. On my way home, I hear this message, and it's like, hey, this is her school, please call us back. Now you know when they don't leave a message that's really ex explains everything, it's bad. So I'm like, call them back, and the principal's like, hey, it's, it's, I just wanted to um, let you know that she expressed that she was going to harm herself I felt like I was in a dream this couldn't be happening right now I was just the most excited person on the planet because I had this job interview I did great and this is the call I get Now I want to just let you know, the headspace that I was in then is not the headspace I'm in now. My headspace was super selfish. I said, well, who let her say that? What happened after she said that? What is this? Why, why are you guys calling me and telling me this? And now she's at a facility. They had taken her to what I call like the crazy house, the little hold, the holding space that they, the, what you call that? The 5150 hold or whatever. And when she was there, she was seven. So she's sitting there with all the rest of the crazies. I have no idea what the inside of this facility looks like, by the way. I just pictured a bunch of people in white straight jackets just sitting around and gargling. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just standing outside this facility and I can't go see her. There's no such thing as visiting in that um, area. So they told me that she would have to be there through the weekend and I could see her at the other hospital once they transfer her on Monday. That day was the craziest day I've ever my emotions were all over the place I was angry I was mad I was sad I was confused why did she say this why does she want to do this what is she doing this for attention 
Is that what it is? Because she did say that she thinks that I love her brother more than her. So this sounds like some attention or something. I went to the facility to visit her. And I asked her like, hey, you know, did you want to come home? She said, no, I have friends here and I have my bed and my own little room. And I looked at her like, are you kidding me? Here. In my mind, I'm saying, fine, you just stay here then. And I knew that it wasn't right. You know, I just... All that time I was putting it into trying to be the most motherly mother, I failed. I failed. That's all I could think about. I left the military for you. And this is what you do to me. I have no job. I went to school so I can be there for you. And this is how you treat me. Time went on and she was in there for a few days. And with the help of friends and close friends and family, they helped me walk through that storm. Before she got out of there, I said, I want to, there's something here she doesn't like. There's something here that's not good for her. So I need to figure out what that is. So I went to counseling. I set up my own counseling, family counseling, her own counseling. And I went to parenting classes the whole nine, I was grasping at every little thing that I could that had anything to do with help for taking care of her and loving her. So <clears throat> once I, when she came back home, I made the decision to love her. How she wanted to be loved in a way that she perceived that I loved her because you see I was so focused on what helped me feel good about my motherly skills I was focused on me and what I was doing to present myself as a good mother. I was just focused on myself, which leads me to the reason this podcast has been formed. I went from active duty to an active mommy and I wanted to love her 
And when I realized that a lot of the things, when I realized she wanted to harm herself, I, I felt guilty. I felt so guilty. I'm, I should have done this. I should have done this instead. I should have been there for her. I should have seen the signs. And the day I decided to remove the letter U, myself, out of guilt and grow in love together. G-I-L-T, grow in love together. There may be some of you out there that have experienced something similar. And that's why I'm here to let you know that you're not alone. The frustration you feel right now, you're not alone. Wondering where you went wrong, you're not alone. I do want to encourage you to drop the you and see what you can do together. See how you can grow in love together. I'm Sharice, and this is the Active Duty to Active Mommy podcast. Thanks for listening.